0: Welcome back to Drones in America by MarketScale. I'm your host, Grant Guyot, and I lead the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team at the law firm of Adams and Reese. Today I'm joined by Ryan Hitty, who is the drone program manager at one of the country's largest privately owned construction firms, and that's Brassfield and Gorey. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, Grant. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, so I actually, uh, I went to school for mechanical engineering, got my degree and went straight to the uh, oil and gas world. So I was the the young guy who was out in the field, um, going to well sites and pipelines and um, doing some survey as built work. And we had one shot to get all the data. We'd, We'd take a two week trip and that was all we had. So I started seeing the benefits of drones there where we could, you know, fly a drone around a site, capture all the data, and then have that when we go back to the office. So that uh, led me down the road to drones. And I started a a drone company that serviced the oil and gas world. Um, Started doing some thermal imaging, gas leak detection, and then got involved with some more uh, business aviation uh, events and other companies. And I met Brassfield and Gory at a business aviation event one day, and they were looking to scale up their drone program. And so I decided to hop on board with them and help grow the industry and the program at Brassfield and Gory.
0: I have to say, of course, I may be biased, but it's a smart move given that the construction industry is uh, one of the largest, if not the largest sectors in terms of drain use. It's a huge end-user industry. Uh, So being a part of a leading construction firm in the country in one of the industries that's um, at the top of the list in terms of drone use it is pretty great decision on my part. And congratulations on all your uh, on all your successes. So tell me, you, you mentioned doing work in oil and gas and using drones for that. What year was that about?
1: That was around 2015. Um, I think right in, in when 107 came out, that's when I, I hopped on board with Brassfield and Gory. So uh, it was still back in the 333 days where you had to have a yeah. licensed pilot. Um, and that that industry was kind of you know, held back by the beyond line of sight rule from the FAA. So a lot of companies didn't really want to get into drones because you couldn't fly more than a quarter mile away. And with pipelines that are you know, 30, 40, 50 miles long, That's just not practical to hop every half a mile, start a drone flight, into drone flight, and then continue down that way. Right, and you hit the nail on
0: the head in terms of what I was asking. So you were still operating under Section 333. Um, And obviously, you're right about the energy industry and how not being able to fly beyond the line of sight is a huge hindrance, one that hopefully will be alleviated soon um, with the implementation of remote ID. But back to Brasfield and Gory. when did the company begin using drones?
1: It was around uh, 2015, 2016. Um, there was a large hospital site that you know, it was gonna take a couple weeks to survey with a field engineer going out and making their grid and processing that data. And um, you know, a couple of people had, had seen some drones, uh, had gotten in with uh, drone deploy. Um, and started talking to them about how we could utilize drone deploy to to survey our large sites like this hospital. And so we did a test flight. Um, the field engineer crew said we saved them about two weeks' worth of uh, on the ground man work boots on the ground work. And after that, it just kind of pardon the pun, but it took off. Um, and we've been using them ever since. And so, Clearly, Redfield and Gory now has
0: its own in-house uh, drone program, but it started out with you guys outsourcing, right?
1: Uh, we when, It was back in the 333 days. Um, so we actually had our, our corporate aviation department kind of leading the charge on the using drones on sites. Um, then we, as we started to scale, we quickly saw that, you know, one person, two people couldn't service the entire company needs. So we did do some outsourcing um in some job sites where we needed some results quickly uh, and then we realized we could be a lot more effective if we ran our own program and had our own on-site pilots trained and so that's the road we we started going down
0: i'm always interested to see businesses who make the switch from outsourcing to insourcing and vice versa and i think there's been a recent study showing that it's actually a combination of the two that most businesses are implementing so it's always an interesting endeavor for a company to start its own drone program, but it's no wonder that you guys did. I mean, you've got to be talking substantial cost savings in
1: using drones, right? Yes. Yeah, so we actually um, are trying to quantify our the you know the value added with these drones. We we can see that we're saving time and and we're providing more you know safety metrics and, and data, making the site safer. But we don't have. Um, you know, some real good hard numbers. Like we just saved four hundred thousand dollars on this job. We just saved two fifty on this job. Um, we do have a couple use cases where our our pilot um, in San Antonio actually. This is one of the one of the ones I brag on all the time. They were about to pour a concrete slab. The pilot flew the drone over the formed up slab, and he overlaid our our plans the floor plans of the building on top of that and noticed that our handicap accessible ramp was about three feet west of where it should have been per the design. So he told the project manager, they went out and measured with the field engineer and it was 3.3 feet off of where it should have been. So they stopped that for and then saved probably 10 to $12,000 from not having to bust that formwork up uh, or the, the concrete up after it was poured and then reform it and then re-pour that one little handicap ramp in the correct location. So for that year, that was last year, that drone had a 108% ROI for, for 2019. So that's wow. kind of our, yeah, our, that's that's why we're here. That's what we're using drones for and how they can really save you money.
0: And what I also find interesting, you guys are headquartered in Birmingham, right? Yes. You know, it's funny, in listening to you speak, I think you are the only guest I've had on this program so far who shares a Southern accent with me. Um, It seems like most of the major drone users out there, operators or people who are really prominent in their companies, Um, a lot of them are either West Coast, East Coast, Um, we've had a few from Florida. But anyway, it's nice to see someone else from the deep South, I would say, um, you know, heavily involved in this industry. And of course, Alabama in general is doing some wonderful things in terms of drone use. in addition to what Bradfield and Bori are doing in the construction industry, we also have another client, um, Boost Drone, who started delivering food and groceries uh, via Drone Mobile, Foley, and Daphne. So uh, it, it seems like Alabama is really stepping up there in terms of drone use, which is great to see. And in an industry that for so long has been uh, dominated by California and, uh, and, and, I guess, you know certainly other states as well, primarily in the West. But, um, but still, it's, it's great to see that. Um, so in the past four years, since Part 107 came out, how has Brassfield and Gorey's use of drones changed? Have, have they, I'm assuming you guys have been using it more because the regulations
1: have eased quite a bit. So now it's more practical to use drones, right? Right. So when, back one one oh seven 107 came out, drones were still just good for pretty pictures. Um, so we have been fighting that perception uh, in the industry and, the, and our, on our projects. And we've had to actually go out and show, hey, we just did a site of your site and here's an elevation profile. And the, the subcontractor who did your dirt work said it was, you know, the finished elevation was 972, but it's actually a 974 and a half. So they still have more dirt to, to take off. And that's when we get that buy in and the perception changes from our project teams. Um, so that that was, you know, a, a little bit of a struggle in the early days. But working with, you know, software providers like Drone Deploy and working with you know DJI and, and Skydio and other drone manufacturers, um, we've, we've been able to demonstrate more to our project teams, hey, we can actually while we're mapping, we can give you an elevation profile, and we can do 360 panorama photos, and we can do progress photos from the same location and same altitude every single week for the whole life of your project. Uh, so that that again has has spurred the growth in our industry and, and at our company even. Um, just the technology is advancing so quickly, we can offer more and more and more and more with the same you know one mapping mission that that we had been doing back in 2016. Right,
0: you know, and one of the things about how rapidly the technology is evolving, uh, the regulatory environment obviously can't keep up with it. And that's a huge point of, um, of stress for many of us in the industry, because um, you, you can't change the law fast enough to keep up with how fast this technology is evolving. Um, you mentioned DJI. I want to point out that you recently spoke at um, DJI Airworks. You want to tell us a little about your presentation?
1: Yeah, so that was actually uh, a presentation on one of the, the new like innovative uh, concepts that we're trying out here at Brassfield and Gorey. Um, we had a couple pilots who saw some value in, in locating underground utilities uh, to help prevent underground utilities tracks on our sites. And so the, the presentation was essentially showing how our pilots uh, work with our field engineering crew and, and they'll go out and. As the utilities are exposed, the, the hole in the ground is open and they're putting in the, the water line or the sewer line. Uh, our survey crew will go mark the center line of that, the utility pipe or or you know bank, electrical conduit bank. And we'll fly the drone, create a site map, and then once the ground's covered up, you know, a month later, two months later, three years later, we can go do a the, the side-by-side compare on April 3rd when the utility was going in we can see the, the pipe and then pull the little slider over and it's, you know, today with the building on it. Um, so so that gives us, you know, more intelligence as as to what's beneath the ground. And, and when we go to do some landscaping work even, we can just do a quick reference to our map and say, hey, if we're 20 feet north of this building corner and and 40 feet to the west, is there anything underground? And we can go, you know, go back to the day we were installing utilities over there and pull the ground back essentially and peek and say, no, you're good, or yes, you need to soft dig within, you know, 18 inches of, of that point that you just measured out with the tape measure.
0: That's awesome. And it, it really speaks to the emphasis, I think that Brassfield and Gorey puts into innovation. Um, you know, of course, our firm works with Brassfield and uh, Gorey on construction matters. And it's just another example of an end user industry in which my firm represents companies that's utilizing drones and harnessing the power of drones to really uh, innovate the end user industry. And it seems like Brassfield and Gorey certainly is doing that in the construction industry. Uh, How big is your pilot, your group of pilots that you manage right now?
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting metric. People ask us all the time, like, how many pilots do you have? How many drones do you have? given the the nature of the construction industry you know we have we have projects that last one two three years maybe and then and then everybody on that project team will get recycled into another project or a new project pursuit or um you know go continue working in support of that project so we have active um 18 active on-site drones So at today, as of today, we're flying drones on 18 different job sites, daily, weekly, monthly, however the pilots see fit. Um, We're averaging about nine flights a day with those 18 pilots. Um, And then total in the, in the company we have trained and, and have over 50 certified part 107 drone pilots. Not all of those are, yeah, not all of them are flying right now. We've had a couple, you know, they've, They've come off a project and moved back into the office environment. So, they, you know, their certificates have lapsed, but um, we have shepherded uh, 50 part 107 pilots uh, through our program and and through the uh, 107 process.
0: And that's fantastic. And I think a couple of years ago, um, those of us who work with drone pilot networks, I have a couple of clients for drone pilot networks. And one of the discussions is always training and what are end user companies doing in-house to train individuals to become pilots you see a couple years ago and i think it's still a trait uh it's still the case today um the demand for drones started to really take off so even those companies that have in-house programs still utilize um they still outsource uh because it's almost like a company figures out how great this technology is, how much it can cut costs, how much it can streamline operations, how much it can reduce, and they wanna start using it more and more and more, and then they run out of manpower. And so, which is great for my drone pilot network clients, but the point I'm making is that it's really interesting the more we are seeing these end user industries go in-house and create these programs. I mean, did you ever think, you know, four years ago that you would be overseeing an in-house drone program?
1: I actually did not. You know, when I graduated school, my job wasn't even a thing. Um, I graduated back in 2012, so you, drones, commercial drones, weren't really a, a, a thing yet. So I never thought that this would be, uh, you know, kind of my career, like managing a drone program. But uh, it it evolved naturally, and and you know, the industry has moved, and we have the the training providers out there who who do a great job, and then we like to. Uh, for our pilots do an additional on-site training for that site specifically because, you know, you can you can get a, a 107 online ground school or, you know, go go do the book work, but then when you get on our sites, uh, there are some sites that we have that are four acres and they have six tower cranes on them and two crawler cranes and you can't train for that reading a book or reading some manuals. So we do some hands-on training training, um, and then train them in, in data processing, how to use the softwares that we use, uh, the fleet management softwares and how to keep up with their records. And um, at, it just adds a little extra level of comfort with us. Uh, just, you know, a lot of a lot of the pilots have never flown a drone before. They have their 107 certificate, so legally they can fly. And, you know, that's what we've seen with some of the, um, you know, not vetted service providers is, anybody with the 107 can fly, you don't have to have ever touched a drone before. Um, so we, we, we actually um, had a close call with one of those years and years and years ago when we first started out and then it was kind of like, you know, we realized like maybe we should do some more in-house training. Maybe we should control that final, you know, added level of, of safety training on our sites and uh, go above and beyond what the 107 requires and, and do just a little more for our pilots. And so that's what we started doing.
0: That's outstanding. Obviously, with the FAA, safety is everything. It's the priority it always will be. And the thing that we're constantly hearing in the industry is make the safety case. When you're training your pilots in-house like that and introducing them not only to the hardware, but you mentioned the software as well, introducing them to the software and the data, it's it's a full service, I think. Um, It's a full service that you're giving to this pilot, because you're teaching them skills that are going to enable them to keep up with an industry that's going to continue becoming increasingly prominent. Um, The great thing we are seeing as a result of, I guess you would call it, um, the evolution of the drone industry is there are jobs that are being created. Now, how profitable those jobs are or are not is up for debate, but we are seeing trends where more and more companies are hiring drone pilots. And in fact, um, several companies in various end user industries are using drone pilots instead of manual inspectors because it's safer and it certainly cuts costs as well. So it's great that Brassfield and Gori is on the front line training these individuals because I think many of these people are going to end up finding rewarding careers out of what they're doing. What are some of the biggest issues Brassfield and Gori has faced in using drones?
1: So I, I kind of touched on it before uh, in, in 2016, 2017, even 2018, it was adoption. We, we still had to try to show people that drones are more than a pretty picture. And, and we we started doing that as as technology evolved and we were able to share our, our projects uh, quicker and 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 you know more effectively with our teams. Um, that that kind of created a new problem, which was scale. So we had, you know, two people, uh, one person really managing the drone program, and we had five on-site drone pilots, and all of a sudden, we hit this, you know, 2018, our upper management sent out a letter saying to the whole company saying, hey, drones are here. We believe in it. Let's do it. We're, we're driving innovation. Let's do drones. And it, it like the floodgates opened and we had, you know, 10 projects coming to us and saying, hey, when can we get a drone? And so that created a scale problem. So now there's, there's two people and we're trying to service, you know, go out and train on site. Our, you know, our added safety training is we have to go out in the field and be there training. We have to be um, flying missions that maybe maybe they don't want an on-site drone, they just want a one-off flight or a marketing flight or, you know, so we're doing those as well. And we, we just, we couldn't grow anymore because we were too busy keeping up with all the demand. Um, so then we, once we proved that, hey, this is a, you know, viable option, we're saving our projects time and money, uh, we could grow the the drone program a little bit more hire someone else to come in and and help fly and train and manage and so that's that's where we are now we're at a comfortable place where we can fly the flights uh on our own the one-off missions we have our on-site pilots trained and and now they're starting to recycle and this pilot leaves this job and then picks up a drone on the next job they go to so uh the the training is not we don't have to go over like from from step one here's how you turn the drone on here's how you like we just have to say oh by the way now you can now you can do xyz when before you could only do abc with your software um so that's that again that causes another problem is we we're trying to keep up with technology and that's just in this day and age virtually impossible because it seems like every year there's a bigger better faster drone and software is getting faster and can do more and so now, now the issue is we're just we're trying to keep up, and and software is changing, hardware is changing, and then like you've touched on, regulations are changing constantly. So keeping up with all of those, and and then divulging that information to our pilot network and our project teams and and everything, that's that's tricky. But we're uh, we're we're managing it now. I think once you know the beyond line of sight and flights over people get. You know, that that process gets alleviated and, and much easier, then that'll be our new, how do we do that safely? How do we allow that yet? Do we not allow it yet? Um, we'll go over that with our safety and risk and legal team and, and decide whether or not that's a viable option for us. But that'll be the next uh, frontier for us, if you will, is getting yeah, over I'm, those regulations.
0: You touched on the demand and supply problem that you can't keep up with the demand. It, it kind of echoes what I said a few minutes ago it, um, when you're talking about enabling uh, remote ID and people without waivers, it's just that's, there's got to be a significant chance that that will also uh, cause the floodgates to open, for lack of a better word, uh, term. So, I mean, it's even though the industry's kind of already exploded, it's going to explode even more. And that's, it's cool to be a part of that. It's cool that you're on the front lines of the construction industry um, ushering that in. Um, I, I feel you know, honored to be one of the few attorneys who's on the lines as well, um, welcoming in this new technology in this new era. Ryan, we're about out of time, um, but I do wanna make sure we uh, I give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the commercial UAV Expo, which will be this year, September 15th through 17th. Of course, it'll be virtual. But why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you'll be discussing?
1: Yeah, so I will be on the construction panel. So we'll be going over, you know, use cases of uh, drones in construction, and and I'll be sharing the stage with a few other uh, construction drone experts, if you will. Um, so we'll we'll have a great discussion on that. Um, I,
0: I feel it's great to have you on the program because you're kind of on the front lines of what the construction industry is doing with drones and you're in the right place at the right time. And I'm sure you've felt that way before. Um, And and I feel that way as an attorney, there's not that many of us right now, but it's great to be on the front lines of something that's really changing the world. So uh, before we go, uh, do you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to share?
1: I will share in the spirit of innovation and and progress in the technology. we have some exciting projects that we have been working on with some other industry partners and we'll be um, sharing those um, late October, early November. So just keep an eye out on our our social media uh, pages and our news pages and and we'll be um, hopefully be able to talk again about some of the projects we're working on now.
0: You can count on it. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the program. We certainly will have you back. Um, I I can't wait to hear about the, projects that are coming up in the fall and we look forward to seeing you again and best of luck at the expo all
1: right thank you so much i'll see you there virtually yes you will please be
0: sure to tune in next week for the next episode of drones in america by market scale